Welcome to the Lemon Spark Podcast, where we share stories about lemons that spark a new direction in life. I'm your host, Barbara Zabala. Welcome, Jen Bouchard, to the Lemon Spark Podcast. I am thrilled that you agreed to be a guest on my podcast, Lemon Spark. Everyone, I want you to meet Jen. She is a family practice nurse practitioner in Ohio. She's been doing that for 30 years. Her favorite role as a nurse practitioner was working for the Center for Functional Medicine at Cleveland Clinic. And she has learned how to help people heal without drugs or pharmaceuticals. And so we're going to learn more about that um, and how she came to embrace her current passion through her Lemon Spark story. So Jen, welcome to the Lemon Spark podcast. Thank you so much for inviting me, Barbara. So what, what's your lemon? Uh, let's, let's start there. What, what, uh, what was the lemon in your my life? Lemon, my lemon was my, my beautiful daughter, Hannah, um, contracting a very rare and incurable nasal pharyngeal carcinoma in 2019. Uh, she began treatment at Yale in 2020 after it was finally diagnosed and at that time it was stage four she'd been complaining of symptoms for probably about a year you know nothing that made them think that she had a nasopharyngeal carcinoma she had no no risk factor she wasn't a smoker she was a runner she was in great shape but were her chiropractor so um her symptoms jaw pain ear pain fatigue those were the basic symptoms. And I was with her uh, in November of 2019 in Boston, my my other daughter, and uh, we were all together. We went to see Celine Dion and she was just not herself. I knew something wasn't right. And again, at Thanksgiving that year, I knew something wasn't right, but I'm just thinking, well, she's busy and, you know, she's had this jaw pain. She's She's been told it's TMJ or she's been told she's got an inner ear infection. Of course, I never thought anything like this. Here I am, a family practice nurse practitioner. And I was clueless. Not, I feel so bad that I, that I just didn't he- heal in on it, but I couldn't, I couldn't. And it wasn't until January that she actually begged for a CT scan. They finally did it and they found necrotic lymph nodes in both sides of her neck. So when I heard that, I knew we were in big trouble. So um, she was diagnosed uh, in February at Yale, and she began treatment for this incredibly voracious cancer that had on her brainstem, behind both sinuses, and in both sides of her neck, which she did not respond to high-dose chemo. She did not respond to radiation. It was just devastating. But she was one heck of a trooper. Couldn't believe how good she was. During that time, I couldn't stop thinking about all the things I wanted to do for her from a functional medicine perspective, but my hands were tied because COVID hit at the same time that she started radiation and chemo. We were locked down. We rented a condo one block from Yale and I I moved in with her there. And that's what we did for three months straight. During that time, I just dove into research on the gut because I knew how important the gut was to the immune system. She had been on high doses of antibiotics for about a month in the hospital, they didn't know yet that she had the cancer, but um, they were just trying to treat something. And I I was pretty angry about that. Uh, And I finally 
after a month in there, I just explained to them, you know, you guys need to do an MRI. Mm-hmm. I don't understand the delay here. So they finally did that. And that's when they saw it. But why so, do you think they were delaying that? What, what, well, they had done a biopsy initially the first week she was in the hospital. And all they were doing is running those slides over and over and over to see if they could figure out, you know, what, what this was. And, uh, the tumor markers were just, nobody had seen this before. There was nothing there to go on. Mm -hmm. And so, so I just dove in, uh, to trying to understand what I could do to benefit her from my perspective, from a functional medicine perspective, root at the root, which to me right now was her immune system and her gut. That was the only thing I could think about getting at and treating. So Unfortunately, many things were shut down. I wanted to get her in for high dose vitamin C. I knew a place that she could go nearby, but they were closed because of the pandemic. Mm-hmm. So we just went with it. And um, she was a hell of a trooper. She really was. But she passed away in August. Of the same year? Mm-hmm. Yep. Wow. And <sighs> I knew that I had to keep going with trying to find a way to get at the root of, of people with cancer, because I could see the pieces weren't there. The pieces weren't all together. I mean, when she was in treatment, she was being told to drink boost, which is loaded with sugar. I'm sorry. Sugar drives cancer. Cancer loves sugar, but that's how they treated the weight loss. And she became cachectic very quickly. So she had lost a considerable amount of weight really quickly. I just stuck her, I just gave her smoothies loaded with high quality fats. And I did, I did the best that I could with that, but I really wasn't getting support from the team at Yale. Um, You know, I knew they knew how serious this was. I probably blocked a lot of that myself because I too knew knew how serious it was, but I was just going to go on the hope and pray to God we could get through this. If I could just, you know, get that gut functioning again and give her on some probiotics and make sure she's eating well and, Unfortunately, I wasn't successful, but I knew um, after I got back home and actually went back to work at the clinic that I needed to get involved with cancer patients using my functional medicine background. Um, I actually did take the chemotherapy, immunotherapy exam um, through the Oncology Nurses Association, actually thinking I would go into oncology myself. I did interview, but I backed out because I knew it wasn't right for me. I needed to go down my path and I continued to do that. And study and just keep thinking, keep planning, keep organizing. And and I did. And I, I felt like I needed to get out on my own to make the impact I wanted to make. As, as wonderful as Cleveland Clinic is, they didn't have a cancer program that would support this because it was so new. And uh, I don't know of anybody out there doing exactly what I do. There's bits and pieces of it. And I've talked to a lot of professionals that sort of have tampered with what I'm doing, but I took my whole knowledge base of cancer and built my own practice um, to do everything I can to impact cancer patients while they're in treatment, after treatment, in remission, um, getting down into the cancer roots Uh, The roots of cancer are the same roots to chronic disease. Um, They're they're what we need to tap into on everyone. Um, You know, just a sedentary lifestyle, toxic food, chronic infections, um, 
trauma, poor nutrition, especially phytonutrient deficiencies, uh, gut dysbiosis, um, hormone balances, all of these things affect the cancer itself. Uh, so I dive into that with all of my patients. Um, nutrition is a big part of that. I do prescribe supplements for them based on the type of cancer they have and the cancer hallmarks that are associated with that cancer. It's pretty intricate work. Uh, it's it's become a passion of mine now. I've built I've built a lot of uh, a lot of practice protocols so far based on probably the seventeen or eighteen cancer patients I have. Wow. Um, I just keep I just keep going and I keep growing, and I'm hoping uh, in January I will be national. I'm working on a program to and a plan to get this out there nationally because I don't think it's going to be enough just to be in here in Ohio. Yeah. So working on educational plans, those things. Um, this is just really powerful stuff, and your story is is just it's um it's hard to hear that it's, you had such a horrible you know a, a horrific thing happen. Um. I can't imagine as a parent, you know, what it's like losing a child at any age. Um, But I, I'm, I'm curious to know why did, why were you at Yale? Why did Hannah go to Yale for treatment? She was a, she was a chiropractor in Connecticut. Okay. So she was. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Chiropractor in Connecticut and um, ended up getting referred to Yale um, and had, had neck oncologist at Yale. So. That's how we were there. So when you were trying to supplement or complement the work that the Yale University medical professionals were trying to do, what were they aware of what you were also trying to do? And how was was their reaction to it? Were they accepting of it or suspicious? I think they, they were accepting of it, but just like mainstream medicine and, on, and uh, functional medicine, are sometimes at odds with each other to get trained in functional medicine is, is a lot of work. Um, I'm certified through the Institute of functional medicine and that, that is just the key. I mean, you've got to get into a program like that to really learn the intricacies of how functional medicine works from a research basis. Um, and we, we've made a huge impact on these patients in the Cleveland clinic center for functional medicine. And that's why the center for functional medicine is still there. But, you know, you know, a lot of mainstream physicians, including oncologists, uh, don't have the knowledge base to comprehend exactly what we do. Mm-hmm. And uh, th- that's that's changing. I would say that's changing now. Um, hopefully it's going to c- continue to change and the insurance companies um, will come along because many times they won't support us and they don't they don't reimburse um, many of us in private practice are cash only. Most all of us are. And most of my colleagues that have left who started practices, and there's many, um, they're all cash based. So that's the only downside, I would say. But overall, it's a huge piece to the cancer puzzle to put this into play along with the standard oncology program, because we can augment treatment. We can help heal the patient at a cellular level, using supplements, using nutrition, getting rid of toxins, 
uh, getting rid of stress. Stress is a huge player in the growth of cancer. Cortisol is the stress hormone. Big, big player there. All of my patients see a holistic psychotherapist because cancer is a trauma and you, you walk around with that and it's it can just make you sicker. So yeah, I'm thinking of those things. Um, so you said that uh, insurance doesn't reimburse for functional medicine services. No. Nope. Maybe it would help uh, the audience to learn a little bit more. What is exactly functional medicine services? You kind of described it, you know, looking at nutrition, looking at root causes, but is there a more succinct way to describe to someone who doesn't know what functional medicine is? How would you tell, how would you describe it to them? Um, well, an initial visit with a functional medicine provider will probably be an hour and a half to two hours long in a private practice to get the knowledge base that you need to make an impact on this person's life from birth to now, going through uh, a whole lifetime of exposures, of illnesses, birth, uh, the whole birth process, childhood, um, the whole history of the person's uh, medical history, basically, and current treatment plans, and really, what what are they there for? What, what they have chronic fatigue? They've got rashes. They've had a cough for three years. They can't get rid of it. They've been to pulmonary and they can't get rid of it. Um, they have migraine headaches, maybe that are inexplicable. Migraines, yes, yes. Um, mm. So we we are looking at the person in a completely different way than the standard American medical does um, as, as a whole and holistically. But we realize there are a lot of interconnecting parts that are part of the disease process in the body. Uh, and many times, you know, one symptom leads to many, many causes. And we, we look for those. We do some pretty intricate lab work. Uh, we use test kits that are looking at the GI microbiome nutrition status, looking for toxins like heavy metals, for mold, um, chemicals. Mm -hmm. it, it's just amazing what happens to the body when you are sick with these kind of things. And, and if nobody goes down to the root and actually looks at this with a fine tooth comb, uh, you can't find it. You can't, you can't treat it. So it is, it is a, it's a big undertaking for a lot of patients, but when they're ready to do it and they're sick and tired of feeling bad all the time and they can't get rid of these problems, even though they're taking drug after drug after drug, that's when they come to functional medicine. They go, oh my gosh, I should have done this 20 years ago. So for my cancer patients, um, most, most of them, after working with me for, for three to four months, they do feel better their cancers are under better control. I, I would never tell a patient I can cure their cancer. No doctor can tell a patient that, but it's certainly uh, an option and another avenue to really augment the body's healing. And that's really what my goal is. Yeah. So your patients can be, are mostly patients who already have the diagnosis of cancer mm -hmm. And um, would you say most of them have already undergone the traditional kinds of treatment and, or are they doing it in unison? I've had patients or? come to me who don't want to go through the standard of care treatment. Mm -hmm. And I do not, I do not support that. I do think they need an oncology team trained in the type of cancer that they, they have. And I, I encourage them to seek out a provider if they don't have one. 
Mm-hmm. Um, you know, my plan will will help to some degree, but this kind of work hasn't been done long enough to know if it's really going to make that big of a difference. So mm-hmm. I only know maybe three or four other providers in the country right now that are doing similar work. Um, but yeah. I don't know anybody who's using the functional medicine platform. Okay. So um, going back to the insurance reimbursement, um, I think it's important for you know everyone because we're all consumers of healthcare and on, on one level or another, or will be at one point in our lives, uh, that insurance will pay for pharmaceuticals. Um, yeah. mm-hmm. and other expensive treatments. That's right. That's right. But not this. <laughs> not, so, but not getting to the root cause. So that, I bill for time. I do time-based billing. I do have all my patients can submit a super bill to their insurance company. I have patients who've gotten some reimbursement and some who've gotten none. But I bill just like any other provider does uh, using the same exact codes and I bill based on time because that initial visit's probably about two hours long, mm-hmm. but my research time is even longer once I get into the patient's history and I need to make an actual treatment plan for their cancer. That's that's a good long, probably two or three hour venture, especially if I haven't seen the type of cancer that I'm seeing before because I go through all the literature I can go through based on their cancer and the hallmarks that are affected. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. So the insurance company won't pay for your time. Um, uh, you but- know, I think they do some, but it, it's, it's just, it's unfortunate. It's unfortunate. Um, but for most of us who've been out there and, and worked in functional medicine, um, we know, we know we've, you know, I'm working with an oncology team right now, national oncology team. They've been trying to bring me on board to build insurance for their patients. And we're still not there. They're still referring me patients, but they're in my program cash-based at the moment. And until that comes through, I mean, that will be great because if if we can get that going and if I can look at that as a as a just a way to actually market my services and get them reimbursed through insurance, it'd be great. But I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah. Well, uh, it sounds like, though, that um, you have a, an oncology team that believes in what you do. Mm-hmm. So that that's I think that's refreshing because um, it oh, yeah. sounds like that not all inco- oncologists believe in what you do. Well, I haven't gotten any negative feedback from any team yet. I, all my patients take their treatment plans to their oncology team. I absolutely demand that they do that. Um, I haven't gotten any negative feedback other than um, in one case, I had a patient take her supplement list to oncology pharmacy and then oncology pharmacy called the oncologist and said, you know, this is going to cause bleeding. This has a risk of bleeding. This has a risk of bleeding. And I was just, she's stage four. Mm. This is a, this is a supplement, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. I, and so I, I don't, I don't want to get into um, an argument with a team on this, but uh, I leave it up to the patient. I give them the education, all of my supplements, all the treatments that I provide are research-based. I provide research for everything that I do. And that's given to the, t- the, the, the oncology team as well. So they can see why I prescribed it, 
what pathways it's affecting in their specific cancer based on their cancer hallmarks. Can't get any deeper than that. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm grateful that you took this this step forward to start helping cancer patients with your functional medicine knowledge and and have created carved out this niche for your for your path forward. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about uh, you know the feelings you have about carving out this new path for yourself? And it sounds like you know you've spent 30 years at Cleveland Clinic in their functional medicine clinic. Uh, and now you're venturing out on your own to yep. able to have the freedom to offer the services that you feel are needed by cancer patients. And yeah. a lot of it's propelled by the fact, you know, of your experience with your daughter, Hannah. So um, how, how does it feel to be taking these steps to being an entrepreneur, being a, a business person, essentially? Well, I have a drive that I can't turn off. I can tell you that I never stop. And my daughter jumped inside of me. That's all I can say. Because I never would have thought of these things. I never would have even, I don't know how it happened. I mean, I just, it just started rolling out of me. It just started coming out of me on paper and in notes and, you know, everything just started to to take place and, and make sense. And, and it has, it's just amazing. So it is was amazing. That, was that um, you taking notes about how you, this vision that you had, did that happen after Hannah died or while, while she was still alive? Well, actually it happened after she died. I mean, I was still, I was thinking an awful lot about research. I was reading research all the time on, especially on her type of cancer, but just on cancer overall, like, you know, how am I going to, how am I going to impact this a different way? This, this isn't working. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, I just, I, I left the clinic in March of 2022 and I announced to my team, I was leaving, I was going to open a functional medicine uh, business and I was going to focus on cancer on behalf of my daughter. And that's all I knew at the time. And it wasn't until I actually left the clinic and actually began looking more deeply into the root causes of cancer and how much supplements could support many of uh, the pathways that are being affected um, by their cancer cells. And it just kept flowing. And and I just, I sat down and built templates uh, based on the hallmarks and the supplements and the supporting research for many, many cancers that I see now. So it has been very therapeutic. I can't, that's the only thing I can say it's very therapeutic for me because I know I'm making a difference in people's lives. I don't know if I'm going to save a life. I sure hope I am, but I'm certainly going to try. Well, I love the visual of you, Hannah, jumping into your body and, and becoming that, that force that is making you do this. And I just, it's so inspirational. So when you left Cleveland clinic in March of 2022, and sounds like you were really starting to, dedicate your your life to this work of of helping cancer patients through functional medicine how how did you support yourself i mean you know financially someone so someone you know else might be wanting to take that leap they might have that question like i can't quit my job i have to have (laughs) that income well well i knew that i could support myself 
for a while <laughs> with with what I had put okay. aside. So you know, um, you will get into the hole. You know, a, a business like this, a niche like this, isn't going to take off overnight, and it's it's just starting to sink in here in the Ohio Cleveland area. But again, like I said, I want to make a way bigger impact than this. I am going to go national um, probably at the first of the year. Well, that's very exciting. So how can people find you, learn more about you and what you and your work? So my website is HyperionFunctionalMedicine.com. Hyperion spelled H-Y-P-E-R-I-O-N? Uh-huh. Okay. And when you go to my website, you will see my logo, which is a tree of life. And that tree of life, I painted for my daughter when she was in treatment. And it's now my logo. It's trademarked. Um, And people often ask me, where did you come up with that name, Hyperion? And I just, I needed the name for that tree of life. But the tree of life name is really, um, it's not a name that would be catchy. You know, it's, it's something that's religious based religion based and a lot of different religions actually use that kind of a tree and ex- to explain life and the, and the origin of life etc but so i just started googling names for trees and that came up hyperion is the largest tree in the world oh. and i was lucky that nobody had that name because That's- i i had to i had to lock it down for my llc which i did great so hyperionfunctionalmedicine.com where they can find more, uh, find out more about you and your work. And hopefully starting in January, you'll be available to across the country to help people. That's my goal. That's my goal. And and, and across the country is going to be a lot of education. Um, That's really what my, my goal is right now is just to get the word out about what can be done and what patients can do for themselves um, in, in cancer treatment, after cancer treatment, and what they should be doing in cancer treatment and after cancer treatment, because the standard oncology treatment plans do not involve really looking at the whole person. Mm. You know, there might be a nutrition plan. There might be some support groups, but unfortunately oncology doesn't have time to get into this. They have a lot on their plate and they're doing everything they can from their, their perspective. Um, and I certainly support all the patient's efforts to, to, get cured with the treatment plans that are offered to them through the standard of care. But I'm hoping to augment that and um, really augment their healing from the root up. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Well, I'm, I'm a fan and I'm so glad you you decided to do this. And um, yeah, I, I'm know that Hannah is, is in you and is beaming with pride for all the work that you're doing. So thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you so much. I appreciate it. All right. Well, uh, I appreciate you coming on the podcast and, um, I'll make sure that, uh, everyone can get to hyperionfunctionalmedicine.com in the comments of the podcast description. Great. Thank you so much. Thank you for listening to the Lemon Spark Podcast. If you have a Lemon Spark story to share or know someone who does, please message us on Facebook and be sure to like our page. And remember, it's not the lemon that defines you, it's the spark.